Welcome to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church. Get it, got it, give it. Here in The Sweat Room, we dive into today's questions about sports and faith. You know, and obviously I'm, I'm just thankful the Lord just, he never really let me get away and kind of like a fisherman, right? You, you know, you, you hook a big fish and that fish goes on a run and takes out line, but then it tires out and you, you know, the Lord's reeling, reeling me back in, you know? And so I went on a couple runs, but uh, eventually he got me in the net and got me to the boat. And now here's your hosts, Noah and Bjorn. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the 47th episode of The Sweat Room. My name is Noah Corston. Alongside my co-host, Bjorn Webb, we're so pumped and so honored to have you today for the kickoff of our UB football series featuring Coach Brian Borland. Coach Borland is in his seventh season as defensive coordinator and also serves as the cornerbacks coach. Overshadowed by a record-breaking offense, the Buffalo's defense was solid in 2020. The Bulls led the Mid-American Conference, also known as the MAC Conference in total defense, and ranked second in the league in scoring defense. UB led the conference in sacks for the second straight year with 20 in a shortened season, and they are an emerging program and growing. You guys are in for a treat with Coach Borland. We're going to talk about his faith journey, what he learned in, in the year of 2020, and so much more. Coach Borland is the man. So excited to be featuring him. And for this month, we're featuring one of his other coaches in a few you other players as well. So excited for this UB football series. And if you're new to our podcast, our motto is get it, got it, give it. We're always in every phase of this, always learning, always teaching, and always applying. And we like to say here at the SWAT room, the three G's are so important, but what we've loved out of this podcast is everybody has a story. It's just a little bit different platform. From the high school athlete to the professional athlete, it doesn't matter who you are. You have a story. You bring something to the table each and every day. So we're so honored that you've decided to join us wherever you are listening. We're a podcast that is based out of Buffalo, New York, but we have listeners quite literally around the world. So we welcome you wherever you are listening today, and thank you for deciding to listen to our podcast today. And before we dive in, I highly encourage you to go check us out on social at Watermark Sports on Facebook and Instagram. And on Twitter, it's a little bit different. It's at Sweat Room Pod, and I highly encourage you to jot some notes down. Maybe it's a word. Maybe it's a sentence. Maybe it's a page. Get your notes app out on your phone. Maybe it's pen and paper and write some things down. But even if you don't, go check out our blog at watermarkwesleyan.com slash blog. So without further ado, here is our episode with Coach Brian Borland. We want to welcome to the sweat room Coach Brian Borland. Coach, thanks for joining us today. No problem, guys. It's a great honor to be here. So, Coach, before I ask the initial icebreaker question that I sent you, we know that you're from Wisconsin. Do you enjoy cheese as much as other people in Wisconsin do? Uh, you know, I'm. Uh, I like cheese. I don't. I don't know if I love cheese, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm probably eat my fair share. So, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I guess that's what we're known for. It could be worse things, but uh, yeah, that's so. true. Yeah. Well, one of the things we know about you just reading up on your bio is you were a coach at the university of wisconsin whitewater which is a d3 powerhouse and you helped lead them to a college football championship as well which is awesome what was some of your favorite memories during your time there um yeah you know i think that uh one of the unique things about uh, whitewater and division three in general is uh you know players are playing just 
because they love it. There's really no no reason other than that's what they want to do. It's, it's mm -hmm. not a financial incentive or anything. So uh, I think the, the way our players there um, really attacked it uh, with passion, um, you know, and when I, when I really arrived at Whitewater, I was there for 20, 21 years. So, mm, wow. um, when we first got there, um, we were just kind of one of the pack, you know, pretty good program, but nothing really special. And, sure. and, you know, we were able to, um, you know, put the pieces in place and elevate ourselves to where we, um, you know, we're really, uh, pretty elite and, uh, you know, the, the last 10 years of my time at Whitewater, we played the national championship game nine times and won six of them, you know, so there's the, it was to getting to that point and then being able to stay at that point um, was pretty special. And, uh, you know, around that area, um, football, Whitewater football is like a really big deal. It's like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, people wearing Penn State and Alabama gear, Wow. Uh, around those places. That's just, that's just the way it is down over there. So uh, uh, it was really, it was really kind of fun to be in that atmosphere, even though it was small college. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. That's super cool. And is it, is it true? I, I've heard it said that, you know, in, in Wisconsin, you know, there's no, you know, division one football program because of the Green Bay Packers and maybe some of the history there. So does that maybe elevate a little bit of a division three programs, uh, maybe notoriety in the area or what do you know any of the history there? Yeah, without a doubt, you know, there's only one scholarship school in the state and that's the main university. So, um, wow. you know, there isn't any division two schools or any of those other kind of things. So, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, like I said, it's, uh, um, you know, it's, it's just a pretty big deal. And, uh, we're able to, you know, a lot, some kids are probably scholarship worthy athletes that maybe don't get that scholarship to Wisconsin and, and don't really feel like traveling a thousand miles into Minnesota, for example, and, you know, getting a small scholarship, they just rather stay at home. So sure. uh, we were able to, you know, you're able to keep some of the, your best players still at home and in the state. And I think that really helps the the quality of the product that you're putting out there. And, and obviously people pay attention to it. Yeah. Wow. So now that you've transitioned from Wisconsin to New York, you're here in Buffalo coaching at UB, what do you enjoy most about being in Buffalo? Uh, well, yeah, there's a lot of things, actually, you know, I, I always say I'm, 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 I'm not paid by the chamber of commerce of Buffalo or anything, and I'm not native to the area, but, um, you know, I, I really, I really enjoy it. And, um, it's, it's really got a kind of a Midwestern flavor to it. So it was a pretty easy transition for me. Uh, a lot of kind of blue collar, blue collar people, um, down to earth kind of people, strong work ethic. And that's all that, you know, kind of natural to, to all of us that came from Wisconsin. And, uh, I really think Buffalo gets a bad rap sometimes. Cause you know, if you get, you get away from here at all and you ask anybody, well, what do you think about Buffalo? And, you know, it's, it's, well, it snows every day of the year there, doesn't it? So, uh, <laughs> you know, and, uh, well, you know, like a day like today, it obviously, it does snow, but Absolutely. Uh, there's a, there's, there's a lot to do here. This is a, it's a, it's a great area, a lot to do, a lot of neat people, interesting things. And, uh, you know, for six months of the, of the year, I guess, if, you know, if, if you like good amount of sunshine and no humidity and no mosquitoes and things like that, this is the place to be. So I think it has a lot to offer. And, you know, I really like to, um, the the people of this city are you know they're really loyal yeah. and uh kind of have that underdog mentality a little bit and and so uh i think those are all good qualities which which you know fits in with me and makes me feel at home i love it and as we shoot it today is february 16th and 
for our listeners outside of Buffalo, it is snowing pretty good, at least in the South Towns. We're, we're recording this out of the South Towns. I'm not sure how it is in the North Towns. Yeah, we're in the North Towns here, you know, where it's the balmy North Towns, but um, it's snowing here too. My my uh, my shoulder feels it from the shoveling I had to do this morning. So, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's all over the area. Yeah, well, I love it. And I love just hearing a little about just your love for snow too. So, well, Coach, congratulations on just a great season. I know this is a historic year for UB and you guys probably should have had more publicity than you did, but the bills, they, they had an amazing season too. So it's great to see kind of a football culture established here in Buffalo. So for, for you guys, it was kind of a crazy year. You're unlike any other, how would you describe the 2020 season? Yeah, you're right. No, I, I would, I don't know the, the words that come to my mind are certainly unique um, like none other. Um, you know, it's my 36th year of coaching, quite honestly, and uh, um, it's never been anything close to what this year was in terms of, um, you know, the unique challenges that you had to go through and um, the ups and downs of things really uh, mentally kind of exhausting in some ways, uh, really challenging that way, uh, frustrating um, in, in a lot of other ways. Uh, but at the end, I guess it, it turned out, you know, really rewarding to, you know, what what our our team was able to do and persevere through uh, being ranked the 25th team in the nation at the end of the school year, at the end of the season, which is, uh, you know, unheard of for these parts in this program. So, um, you know, it just uh, just kind of teaches you, you got to you got to hang in there. You got to keep persevering. And uh, um, no matter how bad it might seem, it's you know, there's there's always kind of a light at the end of the tunnel. So. That's yeah, good. that's good. So during this year, um, a year that was just, as you called unique, I think that's a, a really good word to describe it. When I hear that word, I don't have positive or negative connotations with that, which I think is good where most of the time we hear a lot of negative things about this past year, but for during this year and especially coaching, what were some of the things that maybe you learned during this season coaching that maybe is something that maybe you didn't learn other years or maybe was a little different? Um, yeah, I might have already mentioned a couple things just of, of really having to have a lot of patience, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just with uh, just the, the, the protocols and the testing and guys in the in the program. And then they're they they're, you know, got COVID and they're out and, you know, just day to day, all those kind of things were, um, you know, really required patience and um, it just had to persevere. And I, I think one of the things that we found out also is you know, uh, you have to be innovative. Um, Mm. we had to do things in just in a different way. And, you you know, you, you still kind of got to get to the same results, but you got to do it differently. So we Mm. found lots of different ways, uh, meeting by zoom, um, uh, you know, uh, just, you know, doing, uh, really in, in like installing our whole plan, um, you know, over the computer instead of in person in a lot of ways. And so I uh, really had to be innovative with, with everything that we did travel, um, you name it, it, it was different, um, sideline demeanor and sideline protocols. It was just, uh, you know, uh, just had to, had to adapt. And so I think that was one of the big things. And, you know, the other part is, um, you just have to, you know, really home, you only, you got to control what you can control. And there's so many things out of your control. So there's no sense, you know, worrying about a lot of those kind of things because you don't really have anything to say about them. And, Mm. you know, you just, you just got to adapt and, and there, there are things within your control that you, you know, that you got to take a hold of those things and and make those things the best. So. Mm. 
That's really good. And I, I know for you guys, I, the Mac was one of the first, first ones to kind of just say, well, we're not going to play and then we're going to play. So I can't imagine the, the emotional roller coaster that must have been on you guys, especially being one of the coaches. I'm sure it was extremely frustrating. Yeah. If we look back, we got halfway through our spring practices last year and then everything shut down and it's wow. all remote after that point. And so like all basically, you know, the rest of the spring and into the summer, it's you're communicating with guys by zoom and FaceTime. Um, yeah. You know, and then we, we came back over the summer uh, under a lot of restriction, preparing for the fall. And then at some point, you know, right before the fall is going to start, <laughs> we find out, we just said, we're, well, I guess we're not playing now. Uh, and so then we kind of have to, you got to put a different plan out there and uh, start training. And, and then all of a sudden later on in the fall, well, we are playing now. So, <laughs> you know, it's kind of that roller coaster. And, uh, um, you know, by the end of the year, by the end of our, you know, when our bowl game ended, uh, I think everybody was ready for it to be over. You know, it was it just, you know, it's time to, it was time to take a little bit of a break. So, but, um, you know, it's quite a wild ride and getting to that point. Yeah, sure. So, Coach, I'm interested to hear a little bit about, you know, during that time with the ups and downs, what was kind of the, what was kind of the morale like, um, you know, within coaches meetings, within the team and the players, what was it like during this sort of highs and lows? There is a season, there isn't a season. We are doing a season, but it sucks because it's different, all that. What was the morale like? Yeah. You know, it was, it was, uh, you had to work at it for sure. Um, but I, I really give our players a lot of credit because, they just kind of responded, you know, and, and okay, fellas, here's, here's the deal. And here's where we got to go. And okay. You know, and, and so the, we went and, and then all of a sudden, you know, that path takes a hard right and you're, you're on some other path now. And, and they were really, they really responded uh, well to all those kind of things. So I, I really give that credit to our players. Um, didn't, you know, there's disappointment, but didn't get, you know, down. Um, you know, we didn't have a bunch of guys saying, I don't want to play. I mean, they really everybody played. Um, so, um, you know, I, I really, uh, I give our, our players a lot of credit. We really have three words in our program that are kind of our, our mantra, um, relentless commitment, pride. And so they really lived out those, they really lived out those terms this year. And uh, it was more than just words. Wow. Those are great words. So I, one of the things with this podcast coach is we're a sports and faith podcasts. And one of the things we love to hear about is, is hearing people's stories. And, and one of, one of our models as well is it's, it's kind of three words, but kind of three things we say is get it, got it, give it. And we're always in every phase of this, always learning, always teaching and always applying. Mm -hmm. And so for you, I, I'd love just our listeners to just to hear a little of your faith journey. We know you're, you're a follower of Jesus and how'd that come to be? Take us alongside that. Sure. Um, I, I, I heard from a guy, you got to be ready to give your testimony in three minutes. So I'll, I'll, I'll try to do it within three minutes. Uh, <laughs> Time I, is going. <laughs> I can do it. I can do it. Um, uh, you know, quite honestly, I, I came to know the Lord at a young age, uh, third grade, uh, really as a result of my dad getting saved and, and, uh, really catching fire and, uh, could see the change in his life and my mom's life. And, and, you know, um, it was presented to me and, and, you know, I accepted the Lord and, um, you know, I was really just thankful for the privilege of, of that. I think I had growing up, which was not necessarily, uh, wealth and, and ease and, you know, those kind of things, but it was, 
My mom and dad were both there. They loved me. Um, they they uh, uh, cared for my uh, my development, my spiritual development, my physical development. Um, they they had standards and they held me to the standards and and really instilled some I think good values in me. So um, you know, but as it goes, you know, particularly I think when you you know when you're when you're a Christian from a young age, you still gotta you still gotta walk through it, you know. And it's gotta become it can't be your mom and dad's faith; it's gotta be your own. And um, so I, I would say that there was a you know times where it was you know, I was pretty lukewarm, you know, pretty complacent, and and uh, I always call it the uh, living the life of duplicity, where hey, you're a Christian and you kind of know what that entails and what it should be. But then you also, you know, there's the world and, and how the world lives. And, you know, uh, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to have it all. And, and uh, you know, obviously that doesn't work very well. So, um, uh, you know, and obviously I'm, I'm just thankful the Lord just, he never really let me get away and kind of like a fisherman, right? You, you know, you, you hook a big fish and that fish goes on a run and takes out line. But then it tires out and, you, you know, the Lord's reeling, reeling me back in, you know. And so I went on a couple runs, but uh, eventually he got me in the net and got me to the boat. And, and so uh, uh, I'm just really thankful for that. And, um, you know, it, it's really, uh, you know, a process turning your life over, turning my life over to the Lord and, and um, um, really submitting my will and uh, really just... Uh, uh, you know, trying to grow and mature in my faith, um, trying to know more, but also be wise, be discerning. Mm. And, and really, you know, as it moves along further in life, it's how can I, how can I really be used? I mean, how can the Lord really use me in mm. my life and what I'm doing? And so I guess that's, that's kind of my journey and where, where I'm at and kind of where I've come from a little bit. So, you know, um, again, I'm, 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 I'm thankful, uh, I'm thankful for my, you know, for my upbringing and, uh, you know, and, and kind of where it's led me as I've gone along through my life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And to, to confirm, I think that was right around three minutes. So good job there, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, no, thank you so much for sharing your story. I think it's really, it's really always fascinating for me to hear kind of, you know, how people got to where they are and hearing some similarities in people's stories, but always, every story is always different from everyone else's. And what I would love for you to share and to, to know myself and for our listeners to hear is now that you are a follower of Christ and that is, you know, your number one identity, what does that mean for you on a day to day, even applying it to coaching as a, as a football coach, what does being a Christian mean? Does that change how you coach or why you coach or what does that kind of mean for you? Um, yeah, I think it can change how you coach and why you coach. I think those are all good points. And, uh, you know, for me, um, is really gone from, you know, just really trying to be a good coach and win games. And uh, I've come to realize, Oh, it's, it's, there, there's just so much more to it than that, you know, in, mm. in my journey through life and coaching and faith and things like that. So, so really for me, it's, uh, you know, I, I want to be a good coach and I, you know, I want to win games and I want to help guys win games. That's that, you know, I, I, I'm motivated to do those things, but, uh, and if you weren't, you, know, you wouldn't be there. right more so though it's it's you know for me it's uh try to consistently model christian life and behavior um uh, i've really uh you know become more of a um uh, a, a service to others, right? Um, how can I, how can I help other people? How can I help others make, how can I make other people better? Um, 
you know, I, I really like the words humble confidence where you mm. are, where you are, you know, you're your best, right? You want to be the best. You want to do your best, but you really want to be your best so that you can help others be their best. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of where I, I come from a little bit. And, um, you know, I'm really, I'm really trying to be uh, more intentional now uh, to try to be positive with people, build people up, um, be available to help, to listen, be aware of, you know, we got a lot of guys that come from a lot of backgrounds and got big struggles, you know, and, and just, uh, you know, being aware of those things and, and being part of their struggle and, and, you know, trying to be a helpful light to them as, as they go through their journey. Mm, that's so good. I, Coach, I'd, I'd love to know eat. Being the defensive coordinator at UB, you, you progressed into that. Um, and it took, I'm sure it took a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication to get to that point. And one of those things, one of the things that I want to focus on is kind of the behind the scenes more so not, you could talk about it in terms of coaching, but I'd love to know what are your daily discipline, daily disciplines in terms of maybe making your coaching better, but also your time with the Lord. What does that look like? Yep. Um, interesting. You'd say that I've, I've, uh, I've really gotten into a habit and a routine. I think one of the things that I always struggled with, and, and I think probably a lot of people do is busyness and, and, uh, you know, when, how do I find time for everything? How do I find time to pray? How do I find time to read the Bible or study devotional? And, and so, um, you know, I would find myself just trying to kind of squeeze it in and, and whenever I could. And, 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 you know, when you try to do that, at least for me, um, that usually meant you either didn't get done or get done, got done poorly, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so what I've, what I've really tried to do is, um, and, uh, I get up, I get up earlier than I used to. Right. So, um, and how early are we talking? Well, you know, for me, I get up, you know, uh, anyway, it depends on the, on the day, but on the, on what my schedule is. But, um, if I got to be in the office by eight, I get up usually by six fifteen, and, uh, and I spend, you know, I, I, I go first thing I, before I do anything else, I let my dog out and she does her business and comes back in. But, um, <laughs> you know, then I, uh, I sit down and I, I, uh, uh, you know, I, I have several devotional. I, I read some from the Bible. I have several devotionals I go through every day. Um, uh, I, uh, and then I, you know, I pray. And so that's, you know, to me, it's, it's, a it, it's a good amount of time, but, uh, I, I love doing it now. I, I used to, you know, I used to have to make myself do it, but now it's, 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 it's what I, it's what I want to do. And I, mm -hmm. and I don't feel right when I don't. So, um, you know, and so I try to be really consistent in that area. And, you know, I said, I just, you know, just pray every day that I can, you know, I'd be, I could be used somehow. And, and, uh, um, you know, that, uh, you know, that I would, uh, be a good leader, but also, um, you know, be a good, be a good servant leader, I guess. And, and that's, that's kind of, that's kind of how I start my day. And, and, uh, you know, I feel it's, it's been working pretty good for me that way. That's mm. awesome. So coach, I'm curious to know a little bit more. And I've, you know, Noah, Noah was, I was never a football player myself and I'm a, you know, I'm a big bills fan and I love watching football. And so I know everything that announcers tell me or that I read on the internet, which you know how good all out that information is, but mm. Just from your perspective, like, are there any misconceptions that maybe people have of defensive coordinators or of football coaches um, or anything like that? Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think sometimes um, people would perceive this business is 
it's just about winning and that's the only thing that matters and that you know however however you can make it happen make it happen um you know fair unfair cheating not you know whatever um i i think people just sometimes have a, a kind of a warped perception uh, and i can't say there's there's not any coaches that would not be that way but i know this that the the vast majority of coaches i'm here and that i've ever come in contact with um have a, a passion for um, their players. Um, and, uh, you know, we don't, we don't make a decision around here. That's not in the best interests of our players and our program and moving it forward. So, mm. um, you know, and, and so we, there's a lot of people in a lot of different areas that, um, are focused on really helping our players. And so it's not just, you know, use the player like he's a piece of meat. And when he's done, you, you throw him on a scrap heap, you know, that's, that's just, it's just not the way it is. And I, sometimes I feel like that's how it's perceived. Um, mm. but, um, I would tell you it's, it's not that way. Um, at the end of the day, there still is an expectation of success and winning and, and you got to be motivated that way. And, you know, I, we understand if I can be the nicest guy and the best coach and the warmest friend and mentor and blah, blah, blah. If we're 0 and 12, I'm probably not going to be the defense coordinator very long, you know? So I get that part, but, um, you know, more so than that, it's, uh, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's teaching kids the right things and the right values in the right way and, and understanding the process involved and, and really helping their development. I think that's what majority of coaches are really, that's, that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. I got a, I got a follow-up question after that coach, and it's kind of a two-part question. So feel free to, to break it up. But number one is why de- why'd you choose defense over offense? I'd love to know that because I'm a defensive guy myself and I'd love to hear why, why you chose more of the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I don't, I don't quite know. Um, I've coached on both sides of the ball in my coaching career. I, 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 uh, I, uh, I went to college thinking I was going to be a receiver and I showed up there and they told me I was a defensive back. So, uh, <laughs> so I played, that's what I played. And, uh, you know, that's what I, you know, I, uh, obviously I learned and I, you know, uh, my early coaching years, that's what I was, well, there was a, there was a period though, about four or five years where I, I coached quarterbacks, receivers, running backs. So, nice. um, but I've just always felt more of a, I just always, you know, felt more inclined to defense, I guess. And, and, uh, um, that's, that's the way it goes. And, you know, sometimes you, you know, you, you take the job that's available and so that you can be employed. And, and then sometimes you, you, you realize that God's got a path for you and that's where he wants you. That's where he's going to put you. And and so you never quite know. So, but, uh, that's kind of just kind of, I, just always gravitated to defense a little bit more. Sure, I, I was just wondering that just, I love the defensive side of the ball and just, it's not the glamorous side of it, but I, I do love it. So yeah, I like, like, the, like I the, like the, you know, the, stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the offense knows exactly what they want to do defense. You have to react and, uh, right. and defend. And so I like the, you know, I like the, I like the strategy and, and some of that that's involved with defense because, you know, you got to, um, the offense really has, to me, has every advantage and uh, totally. you got to try to create your advantage. No. Yeah, I agree. And so you've been a coach for, you mentioned earlier, 36 years of coaching. Yep. That's pretty amazing. What's one of the biggest things that you've learned in your 36 years coaching and what, what in your mind, what makes a good coach? Um, you know, uh, well, I think what makes a good coach is, uh, you know, uh, a person that's, uh, 
you know, compassionate and, uh, you know, is, uh, again, I I think you've got to, if my motivation is just to win a game uh, at any cost, I just think that's a, it's hollow and it's shallow and it doesn't last long. So, um, you know, being in it for the right reasons of, of, uh, you know, um, help helping the people that you come in contact with and, and, uh, helping them mature and develop. And, you know, you're developing as a, as an athlete, as a football player, as a, as a student, as a person, uh, I think those are really the rewarding parts of coaching to me. And, um, you know, you know, when you, when you've been doing it a long time, I've, I still, I still am in contact with players that I coached, you know, 30 years ago, um, mm-hmm. where, where we can still communicate. And, um, and so I think those are, as I've gone through it, those are some of the most rewarding things to me is, um, you know, when you've, when you kind of feel like you've had an, a good impact on people and, and, uh, uh, and you've helped them, I think that's, that's, that's what I get out of it anyway. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I love it. And that's something that, I'm sure every player will look back on in the future and they may not remember their record, the wins and the losses. They may not remember the details, the scores of the game, but they're always going to remember just the impact that you and the coaching staff and their teammates had on each other and the life lessons they learned. And I know that, you know, for me, I played, I played soccer and tennis at a small D three college. And, you know, I, I could, I could put my finger on a couple wins here or there at this point in my life. And I'm only 24. I'm only a few years removed. Um, but I can tell you all the details of all the jokes we had, all the laughs, all the good memories on trips and all the real life lessons I learned from my coaches. And so, um, that's something I just appreciate hearing your heart behind it, knowing that, you know, you are in it for the right reasons and the right reasons it's for the, it's for the students. It's not necessarily for the wins, the losses. It's not for, you know, you're not coaching so that you can say, oh yeah, I coached the defense on that team that was ranked 25 in the nation at the end of the 2020 year. It's no, you're coaching it so that these players can become young men and fathers and teachers and whatever else. So I, I love it. And so coach, what, what was something that you learned that God maybe taught you in 2020? Oh, well, I, I would say this, that, um, I'm probably stating the obvious, but, um, if, if I didn't already know it, the, the world is a pretty screwed up place. And, uh, you know, you don't want to put your faith in the world that it, the world has got your, get, got the answers to your, to the problems. And so, um, I, I you know, I, I think that, you know, all the things that are going on and, um, you know, uh, uh the answer is, people need the Lord. Right. So, um, you know, and he's, he's the answer to, to that and, and God's really in control of things. And, and, uh, um, you know, so, uh, uh, that's, that's become much more apparent to me. And, uh, you know, that's, that's where I want to place my hope and my faith. And, and, uh, you know, I try to encourage others to, you know, think along those lines a little bit more. Um, but, uh, um, you know, I guess I've been challenged a little bit as I, as I kind of walk through my, my spiritual journey that, um, um, coaching is coaching is it's, it's, it's my job. It's not my life. Right. So, but I'm, I'm trying to learn how God wants to use me through my coaching and through my profession to advance his purposes, you know? Mm. And so, um, I'm, I'm really trying to get more locked into that if I can. Um, so, um, that's kind of some things I've been thinking about lately. Wow. That's really good. 
And so I know coach, you guys, I mentioned earlier, you guys had a great season this year and you've been with the program for six seasons now. So what can we expect from UB Bulls next year? UB Bulls. Well, you know, obviously we've, we've lost a couple of good players, um, but we also return a, a bunch of good players. So, uh, you know, like always, if, if I think we can be pretty good and uh, accomplish a lot of things, if we can stay healthy and focused, that's always that's always kind of the ch- the task. And so I, I kind of feel like we're on a, a journey. Our program's kind of on a journney. And uh, our head coach, uh, Lance Leopold, he says it all the time about, you know, really trying to um, – develop a program that you can sustainable success, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, so you're not, you're not doing this. You're, you're, you're continuously, you know, competing and, and, and performing and operating at a high level. So, Mm -hmm. um, I think we're, uh, you know, I, I think we're capable, really capable of doing that. I think we're starting to do it now. You know, we've, I think we've been bowl eligible, like won enough games to be bowl eligible four years in a row and, and, you know, won the last two bowl games that we've been in. So, um, but you know, it's, um, it, it's something that it's a goal to sustain. And, and, uh, you know, I think we've, we've got the makings to do it, whether that happens or not, it remains to be seen. There's, it's kind of a fine line, you know, between really being successful and, and kind of mediocre or not successful. There's not that much difference. And, and so hopefully, uh, you know, our, our, our process, the way that we go about things daily will, um, help us win more games at the end of the week. Totally. And who knows, maybe we can get that Mac championship next year. Yeah. You know, yeah, we've, we've, uh, I guess we've been knocking at the door, right. Getting yeah. to the, <laughs> the championship game, but not quite, not quite bursting through that door all the way. So, uh, yeah, there's always, there's always something out there, right. You gotta, you gotta have, you gotta have things in front of you to help you help motivate you. And that's, that's probably one of those things that guys think about quite a bit. That's sure. Awesome. Sure. So coach, thank you so much for joining us today. And as we finish up here, are there any just final remarks, words of encouragement or anything you have for us? Um, yeah, I guess I would, I would say this just as a, as a, uh, Buffalo, as a, a football city, right. Um, I, I think that UB I, people are just, you, you said, it, I mean, people are crazy nuts for the bills, right. And they should be right. Um, just like, um, my, I like the bills. I'm, I'm I grew up in green, uh, Wisconsin. So I'm, I'm I feel don't a way about it. the Packers, right? <laughs> don't say it. <laughs> but it's, but it's growing on me. Those bills are growing on me right now. So, um, but, uh, you know, I, I think we have a really, uh, exciting product and an exciting team and it's, it's worthy of interest. You know, that's kind of been one of those things that sometimes it feels like you're toiling in, in kind of obscurity a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, we've, you know, I think we've got some good stuff going on. It would be a, it's a, it's a, you know, a great thing to do for three hours on a Saturday is come out and, and support us and watch us and give us a chance. I, I think, I think it'd be rewarding for people that way. Uh, but, uh, that's, I guess that's the, the football side of things. Um, sure. You know, the, I guess the other stuff that's, you know, kind of been, uh, it, it's been on my mind and probably on a lot of people's minds here over the last year is, you know, there's lots of opportunity to be, to worry and, and, and be stressed out about a lot of things. Um, but, you know, I, I keep thinking that, you know, the, the God is, he's the, the creator of the universe. He knows everything. Uh, he can do anything. He's in control of everything. Um, he never makes a mistake and, you know, he's all those big things, but he, he loves me, you know, intimately, mm-hmm. 
more than anything else that, that, you know, anything I could ever, you know, fathom. So, and he's got a perfect plan for me. And I just, you know, just, uh, I just try to, you know, uh, pursue him and, and trust him and turn things over to him. If you're doing that, he's going to keep your path straight and he's going to, he's going to lead you where he wants you. So, um, you know, I, I think that's been something for me that's helped reduce my, my stress level, my anxiety level. And if I could pass that on to somebody, I'd sure like to. Wow, that's so good. Well, well, thank you so much for joining us today, Coach. I know it's been a it's been a privilege on on my end to get to speak with you and just hear a little bit of the things you've learned and experienced, and especially over the last you know year or so. And we're we're glad to have you here in Buffalo. We're glad that we stole you away from Wisconsin there, and we we hope you'll be here for for a little bit more time to come here. So Spur thank why. you for joining us. Why? <laughs> yeah. Tell my boss that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll do. We'll share it with him. All right. Hey guys, I appreciate what you're doing and, uh, you know, taking the initiative and stuff like that. And I, I wish you well in, in your ministry. Thank you so much. Well, thank you coach for joining us today. Bjorn, what were some of your reflection points for today's episode with coach Borland? Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun talking with coach today. Um, just hearing, you know, the coaching side of things with UB and I've yet to make it to a UB football game since I've been here in Buffalo. And so that's definitely on, I guess you'd say my bucket list. I don't know yeah. if it's necessarily my bucket list, but like the short-term bucket list for living in Buffalo, um, going right. to a game here. Um, and, and I just, I loved his heart in coaching about how he cares more about, you know, the athlete as oh, an individual totally. than he does about what impact they have on the field and in the wins and loss column. Yeah. Um, and I just know that's, you know, I've had a variety of different coaches in my life. Some that had that perspective, some did not. And I can tell you which ones I liked more and I can tell you which ones are more impactful. Um, and so just knowing that coach has that perspective, um, that goes beyond just wins and losses, I think is huge. And it's a reminder to me for when I coach that Bjorn, it's not about wins and losses. Although those, those are you know, important. And as my right. mom always says, winning's not everything, but it's sure a lot more fun. So it still <laughs> is a little bit important. Um, but it's definitely not the most important thing. So I, I loved that that he shared with us. What about you? Yeah, I, I thought today was a lot of fun. And just talking with him and hearing just his time, not only at UB, but his time at Wisconsin for a little bit too. And mm. 36 years of coaching. That's amazing. 36 years of anything is a long time. Even if when you're married 36 years, I can't even comprehend because we're not even that old. Yeah, <laughs> man, that's a... <laughs> that is that just blows my mind but I, I think one of my favorite things talking about today is we've asked this question before is what makes a good leader what makes a good coach mm-hmm. and similar to what you were talking about with him earlier is he, he was talking about being a good coach you got to be not only a servant leader but be compassionate mm-hmm. and I think that's a word especially for this year is especially with all that's been going on with a lot of social unrest with a lot of just people speaking their minds with a lot of things I think compassion is a word that we need to be reminded of and yeah. that's so so good and, and I think it's I love that he said that because I think that's so important especially from the perspective of a college coach where especially yeah. he's working with college students they're not professional athletes they're college kids yeah they're 18 19 20 21 years old i can remember back when i was that age and i'll tell you this i didn't have my head screwed on straight <laughs> like i i was a i was a pain to deal with and to know that 
being compassionate is one of his biggest words when it comes to coaching. I definitely see that, how that can be such a benefit, especially in the college coaching realm. Yeah. And I love how he touched on this briefly, and this is a little bit different, but even when he was a coach at Whitewater in Wisconsin, Mm. and for our listeners, if you don't know that program, Google Wisconsin Whitewater. They're a powerhouse mm. in the division well, six of nine right yeah they're that's like tom brady <laughs> right there they're amazing so i go check them out but i love how he even t- touched this briefly about like division three athletes I and mean, you can atone this i can i can talk about it even a little bit too of being at that level it's you're in there just for the love of the game yeah. it's it's not all strictly like hey I, i'm on scholarship and i'm looking to go the league which some of his athletes are but i love how he touched on that briefly but i think to finish this this off he talked about develop a program with sustainable success Mm. so for for you listening today what does sustainable success look like in your own life and how do you develop that what does that process look like yeah Yeah. that's so good Noah and I think it goes back to you know he was talking about his disciplines his daily Mm. habits and you know, for you guys listening, if you don't have any daily habits or daily disciplines, yeah, um, really look into that. And it won't be easy, and it won't be a snap of the fingers, and you've got it. Um, but that's a good step forward to create sustainable success, like he talked about, in whatever area that you may apply it to. Yeah. Find a habit, find a routine. And I know you've said this before, even in conversations that we've had off air, is especially in times of crisis and times of craziness, we become our habits. Mm. And especially during this kind of year, you learn a lot about yourself, especially your habits and routines. So. Yeah. And, man, I, I have seen that a lot this year, just mm. how you know, discipline is something I've always struggled with. And when crisis hit, I saw how my discipline was crap. Yeah. Because it was tough. And there were some real struggles that, that I went through in this year, like everyone. Yeah. And because I didn't have the habits and disciplines to lean on like I should have. <laughs> and it's a lesson that I'm trying to learn. Yeah. No, that's good. Well, Coach, thank you for joining us today. And this has been – it's a great way to kick off this UB football series. Yeah, I'm excited for what's to come. And next week we're continuing the UB football series with one of the quarterbacks at UB, Casey Case. Casey is an incredible guy. He's from Florida, 6'6". He's going to be the future of that program, an amazing guy, amazing testimony. Here's an excerpt from that conversation. Everyone goes through different different seasons of faith at different times, you know. And you never even know where other people might be at or what they're going through. So I just say trust in him and encourage each other. Thanks for listening to the Sweat Room Sports and Faith Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. If you'd like to stay connected with us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Watermark Sports, on Twitter at Sweat Room Pod, and our new blog at watermarkwesleyan.com slash blog. Until next time, get it, got it, and give it. Thanks for listening to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesley and Church. 